Episode 28. Episode 28. Episode 28. We about to debate. Good one. You did that one like Silk the Shocker, just trying to fit a whole bar in. (laughs) Y'all already know what it is. We are back. It is the Avi Gots. It's Avi Gots. It's too Labatancho. (laughs) Along with uh, Law, and this is Goodnight Harlem. For those of you who are new to us, uh, we talk about a lot of things, including trending topics of the day. And we always have our good uh, Black Card Revoke main topic, and then we go from there into our good old do's and don'ts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Today, we'll start off, as usual, with Hyper Good Nights. Avia, we're going to start today off with a, a, a great Hyper Good Night. We've talked about this, this subject matter uh, quite a few times on the show, yeah. but this time, there is an official policy behind it. So, Avia... Hyper good night to the NFL's new national anthem policy. And for those of you who don't know what the national anthem policy is, is, it is going to be that you need to either stay in the back, meaning in stay in the locker room, or if you're on the field, you must, quote unquote, respect the flag and stand. Avia, you start. I'm going to hype this. Okay. I'm going to hype it. I'm going to hype it out of um, hope. You know, that thing that Obama introduced to us. Um, (laughs) Y'all already know how I feel about the NFL players. I feel like there came a time last year where they could have exercised their um, rights in a certain way that would have affected the NFL um, directly. And they, some people chose to do that and most people did not. And I think that you know, maybe this could start something where people actually feel oppressed at their jobs, where they cannot choose what they want to do during the national anthem and feel oppressed enough to actually make some changes. And I'm speaking of those people being the players. Um, I feel like this is another way to regulate the players, keep them in line, make sure that they follow the rules. And if there hasn't been anything up until this point that has shown the players that that the owners and and the NFL um, is running things, including the way that they should conduct themselves at their own place of work, this would be the thing. Um, I'm interested in seeing what will happen from this. I don't expect anything will, but my hope is that something will happen. And I mean on the player side. So I'm hyping it out of hope. What about you? Um, uh, clearly I'm good night in this and apologies to anybody that uh, thinks that I am less than an American for not agreeing with this. <laughs> what do you um, mean? Oh, you know, there's ten, you, Wow. Okay. Oh. She's coming in hot. I apologize. And I just said, fuck them. I said F. F. Fuck them. did not think you she was that. going straight into that. Oh, All right. So... <laughs> Um, I'm good nighting this because I think it is them bowing down to our orange commander in chief, um, specifically because he was pushing the narrative of this being not about police brutality and not about the injustices towards black people, but rather a anti-military, uh, 
situation. And so fuck them for acquiescing to that guy. And not only that, but I genuinely do not believe this has anything to do with ratings whatsoever. No. And not even 2%. I think, Trump will make it about that. Though. I think in terms of uh, the NFL actually doing this, if they ever bring up ratings, I think they need to think about how many times they're showing games in one given week. You can't have a game on Sunday, on both Sunday during the day, Sunday at night, and then have a game on Monday, and then have a game on Thursday, and potentially sometimes a game on Saturday, and expect them people not to have a little bit of fatigue. That will hurt your ratings. Also, the way that millennials are consuming your product now, they're not just consuming it on TV. They're consuming it through their phones. They're consuming it in other mediums. And so they're not always going to watch it when Live. you have it on. And People that's unfortunate. Lives. So <laughs> there is a reality there that they'll need to uh, adjust to. Can I Can I just play this one clip? I just had to play it because this is, I, I love this. The, um, the Philly mayor, Jim Kenney, um, was talking about you know how the Eagles were uninvited to the White House, uh, and he said something that really spoke volumes. I just want to play it. Hold on, right quick. Meaningless um, to this whole process. It's meaningless. He's meaningless to the city and the city's success. Uh, he's try. He tries at every chance he gets to tear cities down, uh, and uh, eventually he'll be gone, uh, one way or the other, and uh, we'll move on. Well, the NFL are owned by you know privileged white men and i stand for the national anthem and put my hand over my heart because i'm a privileged white man and i've had the experience of, of living in a country uh that doesn't denigrate me or arrest me or, or or harass me in any way and there are other people in this country whose rights have not been fully uh understood or fully fulfilled uh, and they have a right to protest that and whether malcolm jenkins holds his hand up or somebody kneels it's it's america you have a right to express your feelings and no one Donald Trump or the NFL or anyone else or Roger Goodell has the has the right to tell them they can't. Donald Trump is meaningless. Cue the This Is American music. Mm, um, I just love that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. All right. Moving on to our next topic. Oh, for those of you who are living under a rock and don't know about what's been happening in the rap world, Drake and Twitter and Drake Drake and our Drake friend and Pusha Twitter. T have <laughs> Drake versus Twitter, round one. Yeah, Drake <laughs> might as well be that shoot. Drake and Pusha T have been beefing. And when I say beef, I mean solely on wax, on records, and going back and forth with each other. Um Avia. Hyper good night to the full Drake and TB. Go right ahead. Gentlemen first. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, good night the whole situation. Uh, wasn't hype about this in the beginning of it. Not hype <laughs> about it now. It is something that I find to be genuinely boring. And a part of the reason I think it's genuinely boring is because I don't care about either one of them going at one another it doesn't actually make for anything it's not gonna adjust what's happening with Pusha T like he's not gonna sell more records because of this his flow has been the same way yes, it's he been will. he's gonna sell at least five more <laughs> come on at no. least five his, flow, Put five his on it. flow has been the same way since <laughs> I've known it and I don't have a problem with that I think Pusha T is a very good he's lyricist. not playing that crap though I think Pusha T is a very good lyricist but I do think his contents uh pretty much the same washed and no i just oh. think it's 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 similar subject matters all the time and he like would slanging that crack he he would say otherwise but whatever he and stopped then, selling drugs though and then as far as drake is concerned on the other end like 
I don't think this was something that was going to help him at all. Like this wasn't going to like help stamp or secure his legacy. I was like, what? What is this? It just didn't add up. None of it added up. I didn't think it was worthwhile. What do you think about the blackface uh, pictures? Nothing. He he explained him. I knew what it was about before he even explained mm-hmm. it. Fucking Lupe Fiasco actually explained it before yeah, Drake true. even did. He was just like, okay, you if you actually look at the whole thing in context, he's showing exactly what the overall menstrual cycle was like. And Drake was Sound like he said menstrual cycle. And Drake was purposely <laughs> doing that uh, to show how black actors are treated in Hollywood. It wasn't that hard. I'm like, this is the easiest. I don't know, man. I'm, this whole thing was just boring, uninteresting to me. People were blown away. They were like, oh, Pusha T said he has a woman in another country pregnant and he's not taking care of the kid. Oh, no. Now, I felt two things about this. One, that story's old. Literally, legit, that story's Everybody old. Everybody knows about that. But hold on. Here's my point, though. That story's old. Second, you're trying to spill tea in a rap beef? That's what you're doing? That's the that's where we're going in 2017. That's kind of cool. Sorry. You kill two birds with one stone. Well, actually, that was Drake's disc called Two Birds and One Stone. Oh. That's well, a whole there thing. you go. Anyway, your turn. I'm done. Um Good night. You know what's funny? Like, I don't really care about push a tea or push a pour me some tea. Um, but no, like <laughs> but I was excited at first. I was hyping it. Uh, and this is maybe a hype night. I was hyping it at first because I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, oh, oh, he got Drake. Oh, what's he going to come back with next? But then when Drake didn't come back with anything, you know, nothing. He came back with nothing. He came back with a iPhone note about, you know, explaining the whole blackface thing. And that was pretty much it. I know Jay Prince was in his ear telling him, this is not what you need to do. You don't need to respond. Blase, blase, blah. Drake has perpetually been the person to start beefs and finish them. That is his forte. So the fact that he did not finish this beef, in my eyes and in many other people's eyes, I was disappointed by that. And I don't care what uh, I don't care what uh, Jay Prince had to say. I want you to finish the beef. And part of the reason I wanted him to finish the beef was because I want to push a T to get messy with it and spill all that other stuff that he says that he knows about Drake. And I was just interested in listening, but I'm just a messy listener anyway. I like hearing about all that stuff. So I'm hyping it and I'm good nighting it. And it's basically canceling itself out. So it's nothing. I don't understand this Drake starting beefs. When did he start a beef? Okay. Well, maybe other people just start beef with Drake, but Drake usually finishes them like Mortal Kombat. Finish him. Okay, um, that that's all I have on that one. All right, um, Miss America is our next topic, and I can't believe we're actually going to be discussing Miss America of all things. But it's 2018, so Miss America got me too too. Um, Miss America will no longer be having swimsuits um, be a part of their overall competition. Avia. What are your thoughts here? Hyper good night to the move by Miss America with the swimsuit. I'm going to hype it. Um, I think it's long overdue. I think it's pointless. And the thing that's kind of getting me is that the title of all these articles that are talking about it, 
they're saying that Miss America will no longer judge women by their bodies. But you can see someone's body through clothes. And you can see how big someone is through clothes. So just the fact that someone's not wearing a piece of string and a cloth covering their uh, private parts doesn't mean that you can't see what their body physique looks like. Um, I do think that <laughs> the swimsuit competition is pointless in the competition itself. <laughs> and I think that if they replace it with something else, I don't have a suggestion, um, but replace it with something else to showcase that they are focusing more on the person as opposed to what you see, that would be ideal. And I'm interested in seeing what they will replace it with, if they replace it with anything. What say you? Oh, did I say I was goodnighting it? I mean, hyping it? You were, okay. you were hyping it. All right, good. I am goodnighting this. I am goodnighting this because the Miss America competition still exists. It is the most pointless shit of all time. The Miss America competition has been around since 1921. That's 96 years. Somebody tell Miss America to go the fuck away. Mm. Just. Damn, what's wrong with you? Go away. Let the girls parade around their gowns and, and do good things. Like, you for can't. People. You're not going to convince me that this is a step up when it's still fucking degrading women. I'm not convincing you of anything. I'm just saying, you know, let the people have their little competition. They ain't hurting nobody. You. Oh, I hate this analogy. <laughs> but just because you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a fucking pig. What are you. Who are you calling? in this like the fact that they're trying to actually try to make this seem like it's better for women now is absolute bullshit no it's, it's still fucking dirty in the mud it's pig it's disgusting my thing is as long as you this. have women aiming to be in this competition it will always exist and there will always be women aiming it's to bullshit. be in it just like there's always women aiming to be on the cover of playboy it's bullshit so it's bullshit not to say that they're the same but it's not it's not <laughs> i i i legit could go the rest of my life and never see a Miss America conversation. Everyone could. Crazy. Everybody oh, and, could. And my bad. I, that, that also goes for Miss Universe. That's also fucking stupid. And Miss Sorry. USA, because they're separate. Oh, God. They're Just separate. I think Miss throw USA. It all away. I think Miss USA is the one that keeps in the Miss Universe, not Miss America for some reason, right, because Miss there's a difference. Ooh, and Kenya Moore knows, but I don't. All right. <laughs> Moving along. Now, we are finished with our hyper good nights. We are on to Black Card Revoked. And guess whose day it is? It is obvious Smile. lucky day to get her black card and revoke that motherfucker. I ain't got no cards to revoke left. Um, so Black Card Revoked is our segment where we talk about things that make us unstereotypically not black. Stereotypically not black. Um, so... <laughs> Sure. So for this episode, my black car revoked will be about Prince. I respect the dead, but I don't think Prince was heterosexual. I think he was homosexual, and there's nothing <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But I've gotten in several debates with several people that are like, nah, Prince had all these women and he had this wife and he had all these girls around him and da da da. How could you say that he was into men? Um, if I had a dude who was wearing pants tighter than me and wore eyeliner and was very feminine and just, I mean, the, the best word to use for him is, is eccentric because that just kind of sums it all up into one nice package, I guess. But if any other guy did what Prince did, everyone would be calling him gay. 
But because people wanted to believe that he wasn't, they just run with it. And I don't know what they base it off of. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he's not bisexual. I just don't think that he hasn't dabbled in uh, uh, same sexual activities. And a lot of black people think he's straight. So that's it. You ain't got nothing to say about that? No. I figured you wouldn't. No. <laughs> what do you think he is? Or what did you think he was? Did you think he was like, you know, anything goes type of thing? Trisexual, meaning you'll try anything? Um, like. I personally don't think of Prince sexually. You think he was asexual? I don't think of him sexually. Okay, well, I'm asking you now, like, if you were to think, if you had to choose a box that you would put him in. And it doesn't matter. I'm not bringing this up because it matters. I just think it's funny how many people did not think that he could have, you know, messed with men at some point in his life. Nothing? You got nothing. Nothing. Wow, it's so rare for Law to be speechless about something. If you ever just want to shut him up, just talk about Prince's sexuality. That's it. You That's got all me. you got to do. He got me. Clearly. Yeah. I, I wasn't even trying to, though. Yeah, I, I got nothing. <laughs> when it comes to other people's sexuality, whatever you want to do, you do. <laughs> Get lit on it. All right. All right. So... This next topic, I'll let Avia take the lead on this. We're gonna actually get into our main topic today, and I'm, 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 I am concerned with the lack of. I want to say, I don't know. I don't know how to word this. I am concerned care? with, yeah, with the lack of care of some of the people that we're gonna talk about in this, uh, because I don't think they realize how their actions. Effect. Oh, that, that, oh so I thought she meant something gonna, else. Okay, I get what you're saying. We're going to get into this, but I feel like there's people around people that aren't talking to people, if that what makes any mean? sense. Like, if you got a team of people around you, somebody got to say something to you. That's all I got to say. But I, that, that, I don't want to give away too much. I'll let you get into, like, the actual topic, but somebody got to talk All to right. Somebody. I just want to ask you a question, first of all. Yeah. Okay. You listened to Ye's album. Yeah. Called Ye. What... What were your thoughts on it? Um, I thought it was lyrically banal. Um, I thought that the beats were uh, good and then somewhat haphazard at times. Um, it's not his best piece of work. It feels like he took some things back, as in... What do you mean? He it reminded went, you of old albums? No, oh. he redid some things uh, after the TMZ stuff, and it feels that way. It feels like he oh, wasn't yeah. 100%ing was letting loose. So I think my thoughts of it are uh, it's an okay album. It's not his worst album, and it's not even anything near his best album. Um, I am proud that he's trying to change the narrative of what a disorder is. Um, I think that's great. What do you mean, as far as like him saying it's a superpower? Yeah. Okay. I think that's beautiful. But I don't but, know that he's the. I, and this is no disrespect to Kanye. I don't know that based on the way he articulates himself, if he is the person they want representing that and talking. But people being about bipolar. It. Yeah. But do it. you think that someone saying that their um, mental disorder 
which can be detrimental to themselves and others, is a superpower? Do you think that's their way of, yes, it is a way of bringing some positivity to it and looking at it from like a glass half full concept, but do you think it's um, basic, basically making it seem like it's not as bad as what it is or that it should be overlooked because it's not what you think it is. It's actually better than that. Because I feel like in a way, someone can look at you saying, oh, me, someone being bipolar is a superpower as basically saying that whatever is wrong with you, with your bipolarism, it should be overlooked and it shouldn't be treated because this is a great thing. Um, I think when you tell someone that you have bipolar disorder, there is a negative connotation to that. Right. And I think if you, as a another person who can draw major awareness to the issue, uh, can turn that negative connotation into something that can be transcendent and something that can be viewed as a positive, I can't knock that. That's how I feel about that. I cannot knock that. But, I get what you're saying, but I cannot knock somebody for trying to de deconstruct and or, uh, you know, suppress a stigma. It's a stigma. But it's, it is coming from a person who has also admitted to not taking his medication for this disorder and choosing to take it whenever he feels like it. Not to say that medication is always the answer because it isn't, but... I can see how things can go awry. I mean, just look at the like way Angela. that... Like what? Like Angela. Um, like, <laughs> I just got so, that. Oh, like bread. <laughs> got it. So, so... Wait, let's go back to you really quickly. Yeah. What did you think about the album? Because so, I didn't get... I don't, yeah, I don't, that's why I was, I was... I wanted to get what you thought about it first. Um, I, I wanted to talk about this. And I know, you know, in our last episode, we touched on, you know, Miss Me With The Bullshit with, you know, everyone's faves doing things that no one would ever um, stand up for or or rationalize and say it's okay, but some people do. Um, I listened to Ye's album all weekend, and I know you guys are probably like, Avia, you hate Kanye. Why would you listen to his album that many times? And I, I like to be in the know to a certain extent. And for me, in order to say that I don't like something, I have to give it a full chance. Um, I was very prepared in saying that I would hate his album. And I was prepared in saying that because of everything that's gone down from slavery being a choice, from um, the artwork on Pusha T's album, which I'm so totally against. And just everything that has led up to Kanye being Kanye, which I have been against. And I listened to the album and I liked it. I didn't like the first song because I cannot relate to wanting to kill someone and highlighting that as, oh, clearly if I want to kill you, I must like you a lot or love you a lot because I love myself more than you. I can't relate to that. And for that reason, I'm, I'm not going to um, stand by that and say that that was something that I liked. But for the rest of the album, um, especially for certain songs, they touched me. And Pause. Sorry. <laughs> and I really did pause. Uh, I really did pause. I'm like, why? What happened? I had to break it up. <laughs> I had to. No, no, they touched me and I felt 
I felt weird about liking his album. I felt like, and, and this is the thing, I've said it in several episodes, I hate hypocrites. I feel like Kanye is a walking hypocrite. I feel like people that say one thing and do another, I can't stand that, I cringe. And here I am as someone who has hated all of his actions up until this point in recent years, liking what he does on a body of work. And the internal battle that I have with myself, I, it was unsettling to me. It was very unsettling to me to the point where I, I felt very guilty for liking some songs as much as I do. And I gave the album enough listens to solidify that I can stand by it and say, yes, I do like his album. Um, I feel like when it comes to listening to an album, a lot of people like to listen to the first run of it and then put their little uh, opinion on Twitter and just to prove that they were the first ones to listen to it and not really letting it sink in. And that's not the way that you should listen to an album. I feel like you should listen to an album over and over and over again until you come to a solid decision that you can stand by. Um, and I just, I just felt weird liking it because I Please don't. Please tell me the standout songs that you got that you like so much. Standout songs. I can't wait to hear this, by the way. Um. Oh, she doesn't know the no, name my, of the song. My, this is my bad. No, I put her on the spot. No, no, no. My favorite song is Ghost Town. That is my absolute favorite song on the whole album. And I, I feel like if that song came out years ago when I was going through certain things, man, it would have it would have done a lot for me. Like I feel like when it comes to listening to music, a lot of times, a lot of reasons why you like something or dislike something is because of where you are in your life. And there's been certain times where I've listened to something and I disliked it and I revisit it like years later when I'm going through something and I'm like, man, this is just speaking my whole soul right now. And I'm wondering if that's what's going on right now where I put this poll up on, um, <laughs> I put this poll up on IG and I put it on my own personal IG. I put it on our Goodnight Harlem IG. Um, I just want to share the current results of this because I just put this up like a few hours ago so people will still be voting up until tomorrow. But I put up, do you like the Yay album, yes or no? In my personal IG story, it says 47% of the people said yes and 53% of the people said no. For the people that have DM'd me and told me the reasons why they like it and why they don't like it, do you mind if I read some of those responses? I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> do you mind? All right. All right. So this response is from a person who I know is diehard Kanye. And I'm talking about diehard Kanye like if he ran over a family's puppy with a Mack truck, he would find a way to rationalize it. True Trump and support. call it art. Art. It's art. Got it. Um, I'm not going to say who you are. You know who you are. He said he liked it, of course. He said, because dragon energy, that's why. And then he said, LOL, nah. I like it, though, because it has elements of uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and graduation, which I agree with. It pushes the boundaries of unpopular opinion. It's a short listen. It touches on the opioid crisis and mental health. It's unlike all the other stuff out. It's excelling even though people want it to fail, which shows the group outrage doesn't hold much weight in reality. Plus, he took shots at Drake in three different songs. And just like Hey Mama was a touching, relatable song, so is Violent Crimes. It's personal and open. He said, and I can play it through without skipping. 
It's a message of change without catering to see what we are supposed to believe or accept. So basically dragon energy. That's from someone who's diehard Kanye. Um, another person said, talking about absolutely nothing, only message is him learning a woman's worth from having his daughter, but no one cares about his epiphany on that because no one cares about his wife, LOL. But outside of that song, the album is nothing he claims to, he, nothing. He claims to be getting help for his alleged mental health issues, but if you're getting help for it and your shit is not sorted out, why are you talking? Shut the fuck up and wait till you're composed and thinking correctly before addressing anything. Dude is just an attention seeker. He said production is dope, but all else is trash. Should have gave those beats to someone better. And that was for, from someone who hated the album. Uh, someone else wrote... Uh, it was boring as shit. How each song take 10 minutes to start, <laughs> which is interesting because the album is 23 minutes long. <laughs> Someone else wrote, Peter Rosenberg said it best. It's one of his worst, but that's still better than most rappers best, which I don't, I guess that could be a diss and a compliment all in one. A little backhanded. It, very backhanded. Um, I want to ask you because you and I, we both like R. Kelly. Hmm? What is a process that one goes through? And, and this, I'm tying this to, to Kanye because I started thinking about me liking R. Kelly and me liking his music, um, but being conflicted with what he's been known to do, which is being a pedophile. And hmm. some would say what Kanye's doing is nowhere near what R. Kelly's doing, so they should not be based on the same platform, but right. it's, it's still like... It, you know, there's still morality around the things that both well, people it's are affecting doing. the fuck out of Kanye sales. Well, your friend is really wrong about how this is, this is affecting the shit out of Kanye. What is sales. affecting it? Uh, the the way that people are just not giving a fuck about the fact that he even released music. Mm. He's not even going to sell two hundred thousand copies. That's unheard of for him. I've seen nothing but negative reviews from from the blogs and like like reputable blogs though, which I'm actually shocked about because I feel like people ride for Kanye. It's almost like, yeah, he's crazy, but look what he did. For anything that he does. People were raving about Pusha T's album. And to me, I was just like, Pusha Ugh. T's album was way boring to me, man. I know. And maybe the production was good to some people, but even that was boring to me. I didn't find anything interesting about Pusha T's album. The people were raving about I it. I know. And this is where I am at a stage in my life where I'm like, maybe you motherfuckers are convinced by the small shit. Because that's not that good to me. I'm the same person that criticized 444 and everybody's looking at me or I was crazy. That's true. I said 444 had four good songs. People were like, oh, how could you say that? I'm like, because it did. Because there are Jay-Z writers too. Right. But because, but because we like Jay-Z and most of what he does, we don't really look at people as being Jay-Z writers because we think he earns the writing right. that goes I for I know him. what an overall good, good piece of work sounds like. Like with Jay-Z, Blueprint's a great piece of work. But with Kanye... I heard my beautiful dark twisted fantasy for the first time and right away I went I've never heard him do anything that's this good. That was where my mind was went good. instantly. A period. And I I loved I loved his first album College Dropout. I loved his second album uh and then I I thought Graduation was great too. And I was like hey, he's never going to do any of this stuff again. And then he you he surpassed it. all of that. Yeah. With this album, with something that album. completely different, and so then by the time he gets to this album, 
I'm like, this ain't anything near what you've done before. And even by your own standards, this is just... But it's not his worst piece of work. As far as Ye goes? Yeah, Ye is not his worst piece of work. It's not even close. Like I said, Well, Jesus is his worst. Yes, man. (laughs) God. I hate when people are like, no, that's his best piece of work. I know so many people that actually think that's his best piece of work. And I'm like, yo, what are you hearing? They're wrist cutters. <laughs> no, I'm saying when I listen to Jesus, I want to, I want to slip my wrist, and I've never done that before. So I mean, that just goes to show you how much music has an influence on your mental. But getting back to my question about R. Kelly and, and all all the things that you and I have read up on R. Kelly documentaries, we have watched everything that's come out. Yeah, how do you, as someone who used to work in the music industry, someone who is like a musical connoisseur, I would describe you as. How do you, when you listen to an R. Kelly song, separate the things that you know about him or know them to be true, as true as they can be, I guess, in your mind, from what he's singing? Because what he's singing about can be directly connected to what he's doing. Like, how do you appreciate him as an artist without co-signing who he is as a person? Like, how do you separate that? I think we're in an age now where it's hard to have those conversations socially because then they're like, oh, you're aligned with that person. Exactly. Um, and, and But I'm a nuanced person. I am, I've listened to Chris Brown's music and I don't agree with his previous behavior. And I am a huge, and when I say huge, I mean a huge uh, person. I, I am completely against Floyd Mayweather who beat the shit out of women. And I won't watch anything with Floyd Mayweather. I don't deal with Floyd Mayweather at all. Yet I'm still listening to Chris Brown, and I know his past. So, but do you feel? Do you feel? Uh, guilty? Do you feel? Do you feel like a contradiction in that way? Where it's like you're saying I disapprove of what this person does, but this person has done something similar, but they do a different yeah, art. But with I both of them, more. let me wait. Well, well, let me explain. With both of them, I'm not purchasing anything from either one of them. I would never purchase a ticket to Chris Brown. I would never purchase a ticket to go see Floyd. I wouldn't even purchase a pay-per-view. Uh, R. Kelly the same way. I wouldn't purchase anything R. Kelly puts out now. Not even close. I'm not listening to any new, new R. Kelly stuff. He could not possibly get me to listen to it. But because it's a part of the nostalgia and it's a part of my childhood, those records that impacted me when I was younger, I can't act like they don't exist. Right. Um, but I can... Be mindful of when I'm around other people who feel a way about him and are part of the mute R. Kelly movement. I can be like, yeah, I'm not going to play that shit. And I can understand how, why you would feel a way if I was playing it. Well, some people would say by you even listening to it is is supporting it because they're still getting revenues from the streams or however. Nobody however gets you... revenue from what I listen to. Oh, you purchased it? No, I just have everything on MP3s. I don't have any. I don't have a. Uh, a subscription to anything. So how'd you get it? I downloaded everything. But I mean, you got it illegally? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm just checking. I'm just checking because, listen, I'm I'm a Spotify user, right? So I have not... People are making money off of my listens. Most, uh, most of the stuff that I've ever consumed in my entire life was just downloaded. Okay. Like, like, at this point in my life, like, I'm like, I almost find it funny when people are paying for that stuff. I'm like, wait, why? But that's a whole well, other conversation. Well, I can, I can tell you why I pay for Spotify. But, uh, like you said, that's a whole other conversation. Um, 
I don't know. I just I just feel really conflicted um, because it's it was weird for me because I not proudly but I have no problem telling people that I listen to R. Kelly. Cool. And I right, but I almost had an issue saying that I liked Ye's album. And someone would be like, "Well, Avia, what is your morality like? Because you you have no problem saying that you listen to a pedophile, but you have a hard time admitting that you listen to someone." who said some foul things about slavery and some other things that may be detrimental to our community, but like, where does your morality stand? And that's what I had a conflict with. And and those people aren't into having nuanced conversations because I don't actually believe Kanye West genuinely, and he even, he even spoke on this. He didn't, he doesn't genuinely believe slavery was a choice. He believes that people's minds were enslaved over time. He even said that, like that, to 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 take him at face value on that stuff is ridiculous too. I get again. I've said this numerous amounts of times. If you're taking everybody at face value for the first thing that they say off the top of their head, then everybody's in trouble. Because if you're not able to like say, okay, this is what I really mean, because you can take what I said and spend it whatever way you want. And so he gives context. Nobody gives a fuck about you giving context. They're like, ah, you said what you said, fuck you, ah. But you know, Kanye's the type of person, even if he were to backtrack on what he said to try and explain himself, his explanation may not even be as good. For for someone to be like, oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Well, his explanation was fine to me. Like, the, the, that whole thing. So it suffice. You're like, oh, okay. You he get a pass for that thing. In my opinion, he, he doesn't even have Republican points of view, actually. Kanye West is somebody who just likes to go against the grain. And he likes more than anything about Donald Trump the fact that Trump did it his own way and he didn't give a fuck about what anybody was saying that he couldn't do it. He's like, Kanye, I see myself in him. He's like, this guy went out of his way to create something that nobody's saying that he can create. His own lane to the presidency. That's what he liked the most. He doesn't even know what the fuck Trump's policies are. The problem with him not knowing that, though, is he spreading is why... the ignorance? Hold on, spreading the ignorance. The spreading the ignorance part is strong. Where I'm going with this, the part of this that to me is most notable is the fact that if you don't know what his policies are, and you're co-signing by wearing like a hat in public, or you're saying that you're part of the Make America Great Again movement, and you don't actually know what the movement's about. You have to course correct and at least explain why, but you can't explain why because you don't know anything. He doesn't about the have policy. the knowledge to do that, though. right? So I said all that to say the reason why that's at all considered detrimental is because there are white people that will believe that you are actually making people change the way they think about somebody who is in office right now. That by all, to, in all transparency, doesn't give a fuck about colored people as a whole. Right. And you're not changing anybody's fucking opinion. Nobody, nobody is looking at this like, yeah, you know what? Kanye said this. He's right. You know, if somebody already felt the way about Trump before, they still feel the same fucking way. You're not moving the needle on that, bro. But you're moving the needle on public perception of who you are right now. And that's really what he's doing. And I don't mind that. I don't have problem. I, I I would never have a problem telling somebody I like something. Like if I like Kanye's album, everybody would know. I'd be like, yeah, I like his album. But I'm like, yeah. I have to say, when I did my poll, I saw who voted yes and who voted no, and some of the people that voted no for dis as far as disliking his album were people that have Easies, 
people that are like diehard Kanye supporters. And I was very shocked by their answer. I was like, oh, I would have thought that this person would have voted yes because they support everything else that he does. But I guess, you know, when you like something, it's hard to see why someone doesn't like it. Because you're so into, I see why I like it. This does this for me. What is your reason for not liking no, I, it? My, my thoughts on that changed a long time ago. Like, I was past that by the time I was, like, 22. And I think the reason why I was past that point of th- thinking like that at all is because I had too many people in and around me that would consistently... Challenge you? Not... I wouldn't use the word challenge, but consistently demean the things that I found to just be interesting. Not even good, but interesting. To the point that I was like, oh, this just might be a me thing. And in certain instances, it was just a me thing. Like I told you, I like Existencion. He's problematic as fuck. They pulled him from Spotify's playlist. And then they brought him back. Uh, He's one of those people that if I was to create a playlist with somebody, you're not going to like 78% of what he has. And you're not going to feel the ways in why, you're not going to feel it the way I feel it. Because I actually understand what he's doing on a record. Like... That's reality. Right. But everything's subjective. Art is subjective. So, I don't know. I um, I think it's funny because uh, Shade Room had posted uh, which artists, which artists' old music is better than their new music. And a lot of people were saying Kanye. Um, my response was The Weeknd. Um, <laughs> and that was because The Weeknd, before he came out, on the mainstream, like I'm talking that piff, that piff weekend. His mixtapes. Yeah, his mixtapes. I was going through something in my life where everything that he did spoke to what I was feeling. And now when I listen to the weekend, I'm like, okay, you Michael Jackson sounding pop dude, like where is the emo weekend that I that I love? Like who are you now? And I'm wondering like, do people not do, do people dislike this Kanye album, not only because of what's being done on the outside, but this one is, I felt like it got really personal. Like that one person who voted yes, who's diehard Kanye, he touched on some things that I can actually agree with, which is violent crimes, the, the story of having his daughters and them growing up and him being a father and looking at that and things that will come along with it. That was personal. The Wouldn't Leave song about Kim, that was personal. And I was just like, wow, you know, like I feel like there's these different aspects of him that are coming out, whether it be through bipolar or or not, but he still has this internal battle with himself. And the things that were personal were the things that I could relate to. Even though I can't relate to having a daughter, I can't relate to having a a husband or a spouse that I did them wrong and and they still took me in anyway. I like when people do things against their own grain. And for me, I felt like those two songs in particular, including Ghost Town, which was to me on some like Urban Outfitters, Childish Gambino wave, which I I appreciate that type of music. I don't know if you understand that, but um, if I were to put it in like a a genre, I'd call it Urban Outfitters because I can imagine them playing it while I'm walking in the store. But um, like I felt like in a way he there were some joints that reminded me of his old albums when he brought it home, but those three particular joints were ones that weren't production heavy 
and they were more word focused and it's like listening to what he's saying he was going against his own grain and that's what i appreciated from it um so yeah you appreciate the fact you appreciate his art the same way kanye appreciates trump's art uh, I'm serious. Okay, I he mean, I would rather the the, the comparison not be but he with Trump in it. But. I'm being serious. <laughs> he appreciates the out of the box way that Trump went about doing what he was doing, and you appreciate him being personable in a situation where you're like, whoa. I don't. I didn't expect you to be personable here. I just appreciate him being out of his own box. I don't. You know, it's not like oh, I'm thinking so far left, no one can even reach my thoughts. I read this um this article that said that his album was a bubble that was that you were unable to penetrate. Like you're looking in on his life, not being able to relate to anything, and he he became a favorite for everybody because everyone could relate to what he was saying, and now he's just so far that no one can. And I thought that that was pretty interesting because I could see that. And I feel like in some sense, he's coming to a point where he's a father, he's a husband, he's touching on those points, much like Jay-Z does. And he's growing. Oh, I don't say that. Jay-Z, touching on those points, did a way better job in every aspect. But listen, listen. This we're, is we're comparing two songs that Kanye did to Ooh. a plethora of songs Jay-Z has done in Ooh. his 10, 12-year relationship. I so, mean. Right. Including cheating on his wife. I mean, which I don't even think Kanye would do. That's one thing I think that Kanye would probably not do that Jay-Z has probably done. But, um... Uh... No. I kind of felt like Kanye was kind of signaling the fact that he fucked up with Kim when that, that wouldn't leave song. And not just from, uh, you know, you're sticking around as I'm being an asshole, but I feel like he cheated. Where do you get that from? Listen to the song again. You can tell that that song's recent, though. Listen to the song again. Connect that song to his tweets when he was talking about, my wife told me I shouldn't write this. Da, 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 da. That, that was one of his recent songs. I, I didn't hear anything that mentions cheating. I don't know. I don't know. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few times I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know how much time we have. We're good. Uh, one one other thing I wanted to bring up was Childish Gambino, which I after the This Is America video came out, someone by the name of Amanda Seals, who we spoke about in a previous episode, uh, in a highlighted way, who in my opinion is twenty percent Avia. She is. Oh, she's twenty percent me. I'm not twenty percent her. No, I appreciate 20%, that. Twenty percent Avia. Wait, why? She has. You, your mannerisms, your she has some of that stuff, and I'm always like, I'm yo, my god, <laughs> what? You feel like you're looking at me? When no, you look at her? no, it's just the manner. I'm like, I'm yo. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I never saw that. Um, I'm gonna have to look at her now again differently. But okay, so this is America video came out. Uh, never heard of it. <laughs> did you see it though? <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what uh, Lawrence looks like, he kind of looks like childish uh, Gambino Glover. That's the most ridiculous Donald Gambino thing. childish Glover. He kind of looks like a mixture between those two people because you know not, they aren't the same person. That is not accurate. <laughs> same hair, everything. No, everything. Not accurate. Anyway. Um. So when that video came out, there was <laughs> what really got me was there was. You know, I appreciate the hype over the video because I was hyped for it too. But there was like a select few of people that were just like, 
you guys are trying to sound woke, trying to find the symbolism in this video. And I can't look at a video from someone who uses the black culture to profit and benefit from us. And then all this discussion came out about how, especially from Amanda Seals, who acted like she didn't care about giving her two cents, but she gave it in so many different ways, um, about how, how can a guy who has his fetish with Asian women, who has two kids by Asian women, care so much about black issues? How can a guy who, um, who acts like a white guy, quote unquote, who makes white people music, quote unquote, create this show Atlanta. What does he know about drug trapping and, and, and everything in Atlanta? What does he know about the hood of Atlanta? And there was all these conversations about Childish Gambino slash Donald Glover using black culture to profit. Like he wasn't part of the culture. And that's what kind of got me. And this all stemmed from the This Is America video, where people wanted to bring up during his stand-up how he climaxed from an Armenian girl calling him the N-word while they were having sex. And, and everyone was using anything that they could to discredit his blackness, trying to make it seem like he's using black culture to propel himself, but he's not part of it. And I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts on that. I, frankly, in, in my opinion, I I listen to more radio hosts talk about it than I did see commentary on it. And what they say? They took it to three different places. The first place they took it is, uh, can you take him serious being pro-black and him having a white wife? She's Asian. Well, according to the blog, she's white. So she just dyed her hair blonde. Everyone thinks she's white now, but she's I think she's a maybe she's both. I don't know. They're saying she's white. So, OK, that and they opened up their call lines to other listeners to talk about it, uh, which then became ridiculous because then there's a bunch of black women. They call in. He don't like us. So fuck him, which is come on. Stop. Just ridiculous. Just stop. Uh, he's the same guy that went on the radio before. I want to say five years ago and flat out said, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to marry a white woman. So it doesn't matter. I just, and I don't care. And he hasn't married one yet, so. All right. <laughs> just because you have kids by somebody don't mean you got to marry the, the other part of this scenario is out of the two out of the, the three. I listened to people uh, equate what he had done to Kanye West. As far as what? No, they were like, this is his uh, George Bush doesn't like black people movement. This is his big awakening moment. And this is why people should look at him differently. He is what Kanye wants to be right now. Like, he's that. And actually, he may be more talented than Kanye. So that's where the conversation went. I don't even think Kanye wants to be that right now. Kanye wanted to be that 10, 12, 15 years ago. Or he was that 15 years ago. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Okay. Uh, And to, to ask whether or not... Kanye is more talented than him, or he's more Kanye. Why do they even Kanye? have to pit them against each other? I, I, those things always make two me different go, lanes. Come on, man, stop it! Just stop doing that shit. Everybody is. All these people are super talented. There's room for it all, really. I, I'll start by saying Kanye West is a fucking genius when it comes to musical production. I don't ever want to hear anybody say otherwise. That anybody that says otherwise, I'm like, then you just don't know music. That's where that's my like brain saying goes. Dipset never had a hot beat. Where they at though? What where they at, dude? <laughs> and then the third piece of the conversation was just around what you were saying. 
around the fact that they believe Donald Glover was genuinely trying to profit off of black entertainment. But where are they getting that from? Because he's from Atlanta. So the fact that he made a show about Atlanta is not so far-fetched. He knows about being a black in America. He knows about being the only black guy. He was writing for SNL at a young age. How many black people do they have on that show? So it's like he has experienced his own being black in America plight. How can anyone take that away from him? So I know a lot more about his story. So the only thing I'll say is this much. I know that him growing up in and around the Georgia area and the way that he was treated by black women and black men was as an outcast. And I can understand why they would treat him that way. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I can understand. Because if you are the weird guy to them, that quote unquote sent to comic books, that likes, you know, rock here and there and all of this, and you're not wearing the same clothes as us, and you're just kind of, I don't know, different. You're the boy with the fake FUBU shirt. No, he wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying he'd that, that's the, a, he'd be the kid that wears. That's an episode of Atlanta. All the, all the. <laughs> he would be anti fubu he, He'd have like pineapples all over dockers. his shirt, like multiple pineapples, and they'd be like, well, "Bro, what the fuck are you doing with that shit?" He would have dockers on and spares. Um, I said all that to say, understanding his experience and how he grew up, I can never, ever, ever judge someone that has probably had an experience as a black person where other black people aren't treating you as if you're one of them. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that's saying that he didn't have the black experience, you didn't even have the black experience that he had as a black person. So you can't speak. And, and there's tell- other black people that have had his his black experience from where they're from as well. So Which means it's part big- of the black experience. No, that's from like It's just people. not of the typical, like we do the black car revoked black experience. Because... Hello. Anything that we use in Black Card Revoked is what we assume amongst our own people, but is not the case for everyone. Right. And one other thing I'm going to say about this, and I'm done with the subject. Um, I appreciate him bringing to the forefront the conversation of gun violence as a whole. Um, I appreciate him as a black male in America bringing that conversation to a forefront in a way that artistically Multiple people can take away different ideas from what you're showing them. That doesn't happen very often, especially not in this country. It just doesn't. And on the final note, for all the black women that he actually was interested in when he was growing up, and they shunned him. Joke's on you, bitches. Anyway, um, (laughs) that's where I'm at with that. Do you want to go to our dues? And don't. We can do that. Avia, you have the dues today. Start us off. Okay, gentlemen. Um, I think if you're interested in a girl, you've gotten to know her, you guys have been out a couple times, I think it's very important that you create an activity or invite her to an activity where your friends are. I want you to see her interact with your friends because I like this already. I cannot tell you how many people I know that are in relationships that hate their significant significant other's friends. Like they hate them. Like they don't even want to be around them. Anytime they're invited anywhere, they don't go. And everyone's like, well, where is this person? Why aren't they never out? Why are you guys never seen together? Because they hate y'all. And so (laughs) (laughs) think about how... Your future girlfriend, if that's what she is, or if you see her as such, 
will interact around your friends. If she interacts around your friends and everything gels perfectly, hey, continue. If she interacts around your friends and things don't go so well several times, proceed with caution. I'm not saying that you should not give her a chance if she doesn't gel well with your friends because everyone's different and you shouldn't let your friends determine who you end up with. But keep in mind, if that person's going to be around for the long run, that is going to be one extra factor you're going to have to deal with of them not liking your friends or vice versa. The end. Okay. Now we're on to the don'ts. Ladies, I love you all as I always start this way. But please don't create drama. Create memories, ladies. Wow, that now, should be on a t-shirt. Now, what I mean by that is <laughs> men are very logical and rational creatures. <laughs> we really are. Bitch, we're. We really are. British. And so for us as a whole, what we never want to do is have to prove our value by solving a problem that is not an actual problem. So when it comes to bringing drama, men love to be problem solvers. They love that shit for whatever reason. Don't ask me why. We yeah. love trying to do that. Really? And so if you come to us and you bring an issue to us, we're like, okay, here's the solve. But if you come to us again with the same thing, you're like, okay, but I thought we already solved this. And you come to us with the same thing, but, but I thought we already solved it. That's her not listening to your first piece of advice. <laughs> That's what like, that is. Like, <laughs> you got to understand, at a certain point, that tires us out. So then we feel like you're being overly emotional. We start to look at you different. And then we feel like you're being dramatic. And in your mind, you're like, no, I just need to rehash this out. No. No, no, no. All of the guys that I've known in my entire life get super tired of drama really quickly. And they get super tired of trying to express and or help you through something when you're not really looking to be helped through something. And then even worse, if you're perpetually pushing the drama onto them in whatever way, just figure out a way to not look at these things as big fucking bombs. Instead, look at each one of these things as little molehills. Let them roll over you. Do not make things bigger than what they need to be. Stop creating drama. Be easy. Lay back. It's the summertime. That's it. It's the summertime, bitches. And just like that, the music is playing. Please add the music this time. Um, (laughs) You know where to catch us. You can catch us on Google Play. Instagram. Right? Facebook. You can catch us on all the usual SoundCloud, Instagram. And just like that, good night. Bye, y'all.